It's a Friday. Bet like Mike Show. WindDailySports.com. As you can tell, we're already having a little bit of fun on a Friday here on the Bet Like Mike Show. My name is John Jansen. Follow me at jjansen34, the star of the show. Uh, at North to North, you can follow him. It's Mike North. How you doing, Mike North? Happy Friday. I'm looking for the Twitter thing. I haven't had to do that for a while. Did you put it out? You sure? Yeah, it's, out? it's up there. I just uh, I just retweeted it and seeing my lovely, beautiful uh, noon face. Here it is. I got it, ladies and gentlemen. See, when you're when you're a night show host, noon is probably noon is about nine a.m. for me. That's uh, that's early. Well, I'll tell you what. When you're a radio host, first of all, do you like working evenings? Do you like working the evenings? I like we- working evenings probably the best. I used to be a I love morning show radio, so I used to like listening to it and and working it. But I'm not gonna lie, working it kind of stinks because I can't watch all the night games. The evening is just like that perfect time slot. I love that. Evening radio well, is the best. I was looking at, I remember I was working for Fox Sports Radio, and I was working weekends first before I eventually became the morning guy, right before Clay Travis did that for three years. But I had never worked weekends before. I had been during the week, but, yeah. you know, I was working national radio now, working my way in. They said I would never get back to being a regular everyday host, and then all of a sudden that's what I became for three <laughs> years with Andy Furman and, and Jonas Knox, who's very good, and I love Jonas. He's still there working mornings right now with Brady Quinn. And uh, it was tough working the weekends. Sunday night football. I was working the nighttime shift. Sunday night football, uh, you know, a lot of other stuff. A lot of the football games weren't, when I was getting ready, weren't done yet. You're starting to collect information. It was a whole new dynamic because you were sharing an audience with with basically the football game. That's right. what you were doing. Now, I've been up against the Cubs. So, I, I, I mean, I'm not saying that it was the toughest thing to do because you want to bring in as many people as you can. Uh, working, I think, 10 to, 10 to 2 when the Cubs are on during the summer, that was a challenge, you know what I mean? But yeah, weekend mornings are weekend mornings are great. Like getting people ready for uh, either college football Saturday or an NFL Sunday. Like morning radio during the weekends, especially during football season, is my absolute favorite. Uh, that is right. probably the most fun I've ever had doing radio. And then, of course, like pre and post game shows for college football teams, or you know, even now a soccer team I do it for. That's always fun. But weekend mornings are the best because everybody's like that th- there's there's an atmosphere there's like a, a nice energy in the air in the morning before college football and NFL it's, an audience too. it's it's great yes it's it's amazing i love that energy well it's i'll awesome. tell you what we got a lot to talk about fastest 20 minutes in sports 15 minutes first with uh three topics i didn't even go over them with john today we're busy talking bs and having some fun uh windailysports.com and, and follow at windaily first of all let's talk about russell westbrook real quick i love russell westbrook they were 17 and 7 down the stretch they were 17 and 7 not because of beal not because of anybody else on their team in fact the last 25 30 games were as good as they get why russell westbrook brought in now there's supposed to be a peace agreement and they're not going to give each other any heat or anything else they're all in this together until the games actually start and then the first time somebody says something that's negative between LeBron and Westbrook, you know, the other guy, Anthony Davis, he doesn't get involved in this. There will be some sort of issue, especially if they're during, going during a slump. That being said, I think it's great for them. LeBron James takes a back seat because he's not the better player, in my opinion. It's Russell Westbrook now. Uh, but uh, he knows he's got to keep trying to win championships. He'll do whatever he can. What's your take on this deal? 
Well, just in terms of a basketball sense, you know, LeBron might have to take a backseat, but not in like a bad way, but he's the no. only one out of Davis and Russell Westbrook that's a facilitator. And LeBron James is okay with that. Like, that's what makes him, to me, one of the best of all time because he can adapt to, you know, his circumstances, adapt to what he needs to do. And if he needs to be a better passer, if he needs to be a point guard, he can essentially do that. And I think he's going to need to because Westbrook and Davis need volume shooting while LeBron doesn't. Uh, but yeah, what you just said about, Russell Westbrook and you know he like the, the the media coverage around him is always like he hates his team not not like he but there's always something about Russell Westbrook that the media loves to just pick on now we get LeBron James and the circus around that together with Westbrook it is going to be one of the most incredible seasons for the Lakers like in terms of just media coverage because everybody's going to be talking about their every single move no matter what they do it's going to be just unbelievably huge the coverage well I'm also going to say this uh you know what uh Russell Westbrook's played with a lot of great players and he hasn't oh, yeah. won anything and he hasn't won anything so if you want to go down the list I went down the list of the players he's played with it's mind-boggling that he hasn't won something yet so that's another dynamic doesn't mean it's going to happen I'll be rooting for Giannis. I'll be rooting for the one-man show. With uh, with they'll, they'll give him like a, a guard out of uh, you know the Ukraine or something. Maybe they'll add another player or two. They're coming back with the same team. Uh, that being said, I think it's good for the league. I love Russell Westbrook. I I think he's the hardest working player in the league. It's a good pickup for them. I'd be excited if I was a Laker fan. Now they got to play. They got to put it together. And I think they're going to face some opposition also. Brooklyn's back. Don't forget about that. We'll see what happens if they want to come in shape. We'll see. Yeah. Kyrie Irving, I think, will have an extra maybe skip in the step, John, knowing that LeBron James now has retooled with a guy named Russell Westbrook. So it should be an interesting season. Yeah, it really should be. Uh, and I, th I th the interesting part is just going to be the off-the-court stuff between Westbrook and LeBron James, and I know we're going to get all of that. But in a basketball sense, yeah, that's going to – and it's going to take a lot of time. You know, we've seen this a lot with LeBron James. And, you know, anytime you get a super team together, it's going to take a little bit of time to figure it out. But those three talents are remarkable, and I think I can give them the benefit of the doubt that they probably will uh, get it together and will be one of the best teams in the league next year. All right. We got Dak Prescott with a sore right arm. I'm watching quarterbacks from all over the league. Oh, by the way, before we go on, I'm hearing all the great reports how every quarterback is completing passes without a pass rush and, you know, throwing to everybody. I threw a pass to myself this morning from seven yards. I completed it to myself. I may go on Twitter and let everybody know that because that's basically what we're talking about. But I think it is a concern when you hear Dak Prescott's taking three to four days off. Now, that doesn't mean there's going to be anything wrong with him. There is a strain which means there is something wrong with him, while every right. other quarterback is throwing the football. As a Philadelphia Eagle fan, I know how you're feeling about this one way or the other. I think Dak Prescott has had some injury, of course, injury issues. That being said, they said they weren't overly concerned. That's what McCarthy said. Okay, but you're concerned. You're not overly concerned, but you're concerned. How you take this? I, I'm not, I'm not really concerned at all. It's one thing to say, like if Dak Prescott, you know, has been missing multiple seasons or he hasn't been able to finish seasons, but it's just one season that he hasn't been able to finish. So I'm not worried about it. This guy has been really durable. I would imagine after not throwing for a long time and then throwing it as much as he has, look, it's, it's basically on a pitch count until he can get full strength. And, you know, I imagine that they're going to be cautious when it comes to his shoulder and throwing because he probably hasn't been able to do it as much as he would have liked to coming into the season. So I'm not concerned about it at all. Dak Prescott's been fairly durable. 
if another freak accident happens, so be it. But I don't expect that to happen. You know, he's the uh, poster guy right now for the Dallas Cowboys. No doubt about it. He's a guy that's the poster guy for also big money. Uh, Hasn't accomplished much as far as a team type of situation. You know what? I I don't know if he's still going to be out there. I guess if you're the Dallas Cowboy uh, guy, you can. You're going to be doing commercials and stuff like that. But I think once his contract starts, I'll give you an example. In your own hometown, Bryce Harper, he did commercials when he was with the Nationals every chance he got. He put himself out there. Then Philadelphia actually thought that giving him 12 years was a good idea. I never thought it was for $300 million. I don't follow Bryce Harper, but I do know this. He's put all his chips in with his Phillies, okay? He hasn't done a lot of outside activities, and I respect him for that. He knows what he's got to do. Now, I don't even know what kind of year he's having. I think it's been pretty quiet. He's having he didn't a make year. the All-Star team, did he? No, uh, it's because uh, he had a little bit of injury problems. He got hit in the ball, in the face and the wrist right. and stuff. And what's his, what's he hitting right now? Just out of curiosity. Uh, well, right now his OPS is at over 900, which when it's over 900, you're pretty much considered a great player, you know, top 20, top 15 player. And he's been that way for the past two or three years. He's up there in terms of numbers with the names like Ronald Acuna, Freddie Freeman, uh, all of that, Juan Soto. So he has been outstanding. It's just the Phillies as a team are just absolutely horrid. I mean, yeah, well, I give him credit for, you know, he's been really, you know, a good soldier. And there's no doubt about yes, it. He's paid him and good. he's trying the best. I, I still expect more from what I from the contract that he signed. That being said, I can't say I love the guy for hustling. I like him more this year than I've ever liked him because he forgot about his individualism and he's trying to bring the Phillies. I've watched some Phillies games and I think he's trying to do that. Now, that being said, Dak Prescott, hopefully he'll be healthy. I gotta talk about the Cubs. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. The, the the whining, the pity party for Anthony Rizzo. The guy's a great play, great player, a winner. Don't get me wrong. But from 2016, I thought they were going to win at least another World Series. It did not happen. Now he's got a bad back. They got two people for him. I, I respect everything that he brought to the table. But I also know that they didn't get it done again. Okay? And they had uh, – and the Central Division was a meek division. For those years, they had a free ride and they couldn't get done. Then you saw a lot of individualism. You saw bad man. You saw Joe Madden leave. You saw Arietta leave. You saw Hugh Darvish leave. But, you know, I give Rizzo all the credit in the world, but I give him some of the blame when I started hearing they're hungover from winning it all. He never said, hey, we shouldn't use that as an excuse. They went along with it. Now, I know you're from the outside looking in. But I know the Cubs did not achieve everything they wanted to achieve. I can't blame them for getting rid of these guys and trying to get prospects for them. They got the Yankees' ninth prospect and the Yankees' twelfth prospect. I think Jed Hoyer's going to follow what Theo Epstein tried to do. I think they're cutting bait. They think this team's not capable. Some of it was due because of ownership, because they got rid of Hugh Darvish and guys like Kyle Schwarber, but also by putting David Ross in there. Basically, the worst manager I've seen since Robin Ventura was manager <laughs> for the Cubs. I think you let your buddies get away with murder, and that's it. How's your take from where you're seeing it, John? Because you've been through rebuilds. 
Yeah, well, it, I think the Cubs situation is really comparable to the Phillies, you know, almost a decade ago. You know, that great team, and they went all in. They had a great group of core guys. They, you know, the Phillies won a World Series, and the Phillies mm -hmm. probably should have won more than one. But, yeah, it's a little bit of like, you know, it, they were great, and they, they gave the Cubs a good era of baseball, just like the Phillies did, but maybe could have been a little bit more. Absolutely. And then Cubs management didn't really let go of it at the time they should have, which is what happened to the Phillies and why they're still 10 years later rebuilding because they kept those guys too long and then all the value went away and you couldn't trade them away for anything. And so uh, I think the Cubs, yeah, it took a little bit too long for them to figure out, like maybe we should try a different direction here. And let me just say thinking. this. They, see, some of these guys, including Rizzo, were offered extensions and they turned it down. So it's not like the Cubs were saying, see you later. They believed in them. But you know what they decided to do? We want to play the free agent game. So when I see the crocodile tears, okay, I'm going to really miss this place and everything else. I understand that. But you couldn't have signed something that would have made you not miss this place. So to me, there's a lot of rhetoric, a lot of sadness from Cub fans. I mean, when I start hearing Cub fans say, and I, I think history to many Cub fans is a nightclub, not something you should know. They think it's a nightclub in downtown Chicago called history. When I start seeing that Rizzo's as beloved as Ernie Banks, you know nothing about the game of baseball. You know nothing about who built the franchise. That being said, I can see for the young folks where it'd be important. But he could have signed an extension, folks period end of story. And that's where the story gets muddled, you know, where the owner starts taking all the heat, John. Well, yeah, I mean, probably management should take a little bit of heat uh, just yeah, because, again, I think they hit these players way too long. And, you know, it's it, yeah. And, and look, it's it's kind of like, again, I'm the example of I went through the Phillies and Cubs, like both teams that haven't had a lot, a lot of success when it comes to baseball, but still beloved franchises. And, you know, that era of baseball for the Cubs is really beloved. And I'm sure some of those players are going to be eventually, you know, it, it's going to be like, I'll remember that team for the rest of my life kind of thing. The same way I love Ryan Howard, Chase Sutley, Jimmy Rollins. People are going to look at Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant and all of those guys the same way, for sure. I go back to Boa. And Darren oh, Bowman, those guys are great. Yeah. <laughs> those I guys covered are great. sports when it was the, the homeboys and the country boys. Charlie Hayes, Darren Dalton, Larry uh, Boa. Yeah. I mean, was... wait, uh, not, who was the West Chamberlain from Chicago? Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. John Cruck, that was one of the more. I got to go down in the locker room, see some of those guys. I mean, back in the day, that was a great baseball team. That, that I was happy for Philly. That was a, a Philadelphia show uh, type of show through and through. So, hey, we'll see what happens with the Cubs. Uh, not a good day for Cub fans if you love individual players. but A necessary one, though. Yeah, yeah right. It had to be Thank done. you. Thank you. They were never going to win again. They lost their spark. I mean, Baez, I mean, he's, he's walking down first base before he even gets to the bank. He's pulling his jersey out. It's hard to have a buddy be your manager. It really is. And that's, that was a tough decision for them. And I think it was a wrong decision. Okay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we've, I've, I've been very frank. I'm always honest. I'm four and six since last Friday. Okay. I've never had really a losing week on this show for like a month and a half. Uh, John hasn't had many either, but uh, you know, I go on one last night, John, you go uh, one and two. One and two, yeah. Yeah, and we don't like that. No. We don't like to give out losers, but Friday's been good for me. 
I want to know how many games you got because I'm going to try to surpass that four and six with a seven. I worked extra hard. I was up at five o'clock this morning. <laughs> uh, no, I was not up that long, but I do have a couple of picks. Uh, the baseball right. slate is a, a somewhat difficult today, uh, but still a couple that I, I did find that I liked. All right, I'm going to go first. I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Pirates plus one and a half. This is I got burned with the uh, with the run line last yesterday, folks. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, but I'm sticking with it. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates against uh, John Phillies. you got a hell of a play- pitcher, and Velasquez going against a guy named Will Crow, which sounds like a cowboy to me, <laughs> not a pitcher, okay? <laughs> Plus one and a half, okay, at minus 140. That's my first pick for today uh, and my friend. Your turn. Uh, how about I add a little bit of trade deadline narrative into this? Does that sound I love good? that. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals are putting out their Wade LeBlanc, who's okay, 0-1, 3.45 ERA, not a lot, and the Cardinals have just been average. But the Twins are a bad team, and they're throwing out Jose Barrios. Jose Barrios is a very prime candidate to be traded today. Might as well take the minus 110 before he gets traded, and the Twins have to throw out there a bad pitcher because Jose Barrios is one of the only decent pitchers for the Twins. And so if he's gone, it's likely going to be a bullpen game or a starter that's not very good. Uh, so I imagine Jose Barrios is going to be scratched from this start. He'll be traded before the 4 p.m. trade deadline, and that price for the Cardinals is probably going to go up. So I'll take it minus 110 right now. And I think they do win the game either way. That's a good price for a team that's home. So you got St. Louis, and I will tell you this. Maybe this is a game I don't, I don't think he has to pitch a great game. But maybe this is a game where they want him to pitch, uh, and he puts together a real good game, and maybe the price goes up a little bit. But there's not a lot of time at the trade deadline either. So yeah, it's 4 p.m. today. Uh, so yeah, right, right before the game. Uh, All so, right, so they yeah. got to make a decision. I'm with you that St. Louis, as far as that goes. My next game. You got uh, a game that looks like a cinch to me. Yet I I did the, all the fact checking today. Uh, Corbin Burns for the Milwaukee Brewers. They're minus. Uh, uh, 130, but now I see uh, it's up to minus 145. Atlanta yep. with a guy named Toussaint, who's you know, Tukey Toussaint, yeah, yeah. I, I'm young taking, pitcher, pretty good. Yeah, I'm taking the plus one and a half, uh, and I'm going to take uh, the Atlanta Braves at minus 135 in this one against a very good, uh, even though you Yelich is snake bit this poor guy. Here, you know, he can't get on the field for God's sake. Uh, Milwaukee with Burns always favored. I'm going to uh, look for Atlanta to keep it close, plus the one and a half at minus 135. Your turn, John. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Reds at plus 120. They're going up against Carlos Carrasco, who is making his first start this season uh, after coming back from an injury. And Sonny Gray has been decent, uh, but plus 120, the price is a little bit too high for the Mets. So I'll take the plus 120 for the uh, Cincinnati Reds. All right, last on the run line. If we lose all three of these games, I'll be looking like Brooks at Shawshank for the beam. You know what I mean? Uh, Jim, yeah. uh, North was here, okay, with the way <laughs> whacking the chair back and forth. Okay, if you saw the movie. Uh, 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 I like Chris Bassett. I think he's a battler. I like Oakland. Oakland can beat you at any time. Uh, I like Oakland maybe to win this game, but I like the Angels with Patrick Sandoval. The Oakland's yeah. only favored minus 120 to 110 on the 10-cent line, and yet uh, you can you have to pay 150 
uh, to get a run and a half. I'm taking the Angels uh, plus the run and a half. So I got two dog, three dogs today. Pittsburgh plus one and a half minus 140. Atlanta plus one and a half minus 135. And the Angels plus one and a half minus 150. You don't have to go 100, go 25, go 10, go whatever it is that you have to bet. That's what I'm going with. I'm coming back and I'm going to win the week. Next. <laughs> Anything uh, else like last one I got the White Sox have a huge pitching advantage in this one. Uh, Lance Lynn has been spectacular. JC Mejia has an ERA of over seven. I'm going to take the run line for the White Sox at minus 110. You're unbelievable, my friend. And that <laughs> is it. St. Louis Reds uh, and the White Sox with Lynn, yep. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and the Angels. Ladies and gentlemen, please pass the word. We're averaging about 850 50 views for show for the show. I love that. Thank you. We appreciate that. Tell your friends. We'd like to get more. But to get that kind of steady audience every single day. And what I like is people are watching us the second day for a show that happened the day before. We love that, too, because we know the content's good then. And you're going to get an honest opinion from us. So on behalf of my guy, John, we're working next week, right? Yeah, yeah, a few days next week. You got to be yeah, okay. We got to be quiet about what the deal's going on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, who knows who might be listening? You know what I'm right. saying? <laughs> you never know. Johnny J, it's all good. And Mike North, see everybody Monday. <laughs>